0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sex Cells podcast. A comedian talks to a relationship therapist about serious issues regarding sex, gender, the politics of dating, anything in that realm. Not always serious, actually, sometimes very casual. But today we will be talking about something that could be seen as quite serious. It could also be funny because we're talking about sex but the future of sex.
1: Yes, yes. And what's interesting is all the research I've done on this shows that men and women have totally different views on this, like statistically, majority-wise. Mm. So it's it's an interesting one.
0: Is it true that, no, I haven't done as much research, but first of all, we're basically going to be talking a lot about how technology is impacting sex and the trends are that people are having a lot less sex and you look at certain countries, Japan, South Korea, mm. I've read statistics that 40 plus percent of men up to the age of 32 mm. are virgins. Mm-hmm. Um, again, then you have to sort of ask, is that a bad thing necessarily? Um, the fertility rates are really low. They're not having many kids. And with a country like Japan in particular, there's not a lot of migration. So yeah. their population spread is skewed much more towards the older generations mm-hmm. um but when you say it differs dramatically between men and women is that the perception of these these trends towards i guess you could call it digitized sex yeah Yeah. So,
1: what I've been looking into in particular is virtual reality porn or sex and um, sex robots and sex dolls. So, what all the research is showing is that although men are much more likely and have been accessing it much more frequently than women have and the women that have been accessing it don't actually have much of a positive experience with it, it's not that great for both um, virtual reality and sex dolls, sex robots. But for when men are having these experiences, they're finding it to be such an increase of satisfaction to a standard sexual relationship that they're actually leaning preference towards that for some people. Gosh. So it's going to be crazy. Ooh. And in this book called, um, I think it's called Love and Love and Sex, Love and Sex with Robots by David. Levy, or Levi, um, he predicts, as well as this other futurologist, I think called Ian Pearson, they both predict that by 2050, most of us will be preferring to have sex with robots rather than with other humans. And they also predict that the way, the way that we're progressing with our sex robots and AI, that they're going to be indistinguishable from humans. So you might even have them in your friendship groups or bring them out with you. You might be allowed to. They think that, they predict that we'll be able to marry them because they're going to have such a strong emotional bond with us or we'll have it with them more like. Yeah. Scary stuff. It's so scary.
0: Uh, I don't even know how to respond to that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so... What
0: are the implications of that? What's your opinion of it all? And do you think we should try to stop this trend? Can we stop it? I don't think we can. I mean, the way technology is going, some sort of companies are going to do it, unless the country really just bans any sort of future sexual technology outright, which is unlikely, it looks like this is inevitable.
1: It's so so scary. I actually read this article in the... um journal of internet medical research it's j-i-m-r and they have a lot about this and this they did a study on asking just sex therapists and psychologists what their thoughts were on sex dolls and sex robots and the impact of this mm. and the general kind of belief is that in in terms of therapy and therapeutic work, if it's done you know, as a once or twice off for people that have sexual dysfunctions, it can be really positive. Um, for example, some people have phobias of losing their virginity. So that could be a really helpful tool. Um, however, majority of these psychologists surveyed they all believe that it's going to be very detrimental for human relationships and how we relate in the future and what our sexual preferences are going to become and what is what are the ethics around this do we stop just at human sex robots do we bring in animals We children ones are being made all over the world Australia and the UK and America are working towards banning them but they've already been released so that's a um that's a tricky one as well. The, question, ethical.
0: the question with those specific children sex robots is if that does prevent someone who would otherwise act out those fantasies on a real human child, yeah, is that then a net moral pe- positive for society?
1: So that was my um, opinion as well. Not that saying it was a four, but I was really 50-50 about it. One being like, look, you know, pedophilia is absolutely immoral and wrong and disgusting and no one should act on it. But for the people that have this urge that they physically cannot act on it, wouldn't it be better to provide them with a doll rather than them going out and sourcing a child or finding a child or grooming a kid? But now that I've done the research on it, I am much more swayed towards that it should be banned altogether because a lot of psychologists are saying, actually, it won't have that impact that we're hoping that it will sexually um, satiate someone of pedophilia or have those tendencies in fact it would um, make them grow and enhance them Mm. and eventually like you know as it is with porn and things like that it's not going to hit the same so you're going to want variety you're going to be craving that reaction you're going to be craving that cry you're going to be craving those words and then does it become ethical to create um you know child sex toys that then are screaming in pain so it's it is a really problematic area but because they're being developed at such a rate we don't have enough time to think about the ethics of not just the children but just in general and how it's going to impact us we don't have time to implement laws about it because we can agree that you know it's it's probably going to be more detrimental than positive But at the same point, you know, when things like iPhones started coming out and all this crazy new technology back in the day, we'd all be like, oh, this is crazy. Like, I'm not going to do that. And then now it's so second nature to us that a lot of people think that it will just be a natural progression. Yeah. That we won't even really feel that it's like this, I'm going to do this and it's so wild. It'll just be like the norm.
0: Mm. Oh, hello.
1: Hello, kitty cat.
0: My cat's jumped on the table. Um. (laughs) Well, even over the last 20, 30, 40 years, porn has transformed so much yeah. from from magazines mm-hmm. to high definition, two-hour, free to access, whatever fantasy you desire, it's out there. Mm-hmm. So that has already uh, created trends. Well, many people would theorize that it's created that it's caused a lot of the recent trends of uh, younger men, in particular, who are just not having sex. Yeah. Um, even in, I don't know if they did the study in Australia or America, but it was a Western country. Thirty um, percent. It may have even been forty percent. It was somewhere around the range of thirty to forty percent of men aged eighteen to thirty hadn't had sex in the in twelve months. Yeah. Yeah. Which. I mean, if you're 18, 19, look, I I lost my virginity at 19, Mm. so technically I would be part of that statistic. Mm. But is is that a bad thing if people are having less sex? Does it really matter? I mean, look, we all want sex and sex usually for most people is very beneficial and um, it um, appeases our physical desires but also uh, desires for intimacy and lovemaking. But... If people are choosing to have less sex, is it re- is it hurting society? And if it is, how so?
1: Yeah, I mean, we know that the impact that porn can have on us, especially high usage of porn. And if you haven't watched our other podcast, I think it's just called Porn. Watch it because it's very informative and good. It's the um,
0: most viewed, of all of them.
1: <laughs> shocker. Good um, but the concern is is that porn. In comparison to virtual reality, is a one out of ten on any method kind of thing. <laughs> Bye, shorty. Yeah, she's she's off now.
0: Rubbing herself against the mic.
1: <laughs> um so even Joe Rogan said, I think it was a couple of years ago, but he said in regards to virtual reality, he said never do it because it's like heroin. Once you start, you'll never stop.
0: Well, virtual reality porn already exists. It does. You get those those yeah. um glasses. I've done it. Yeah, and <laughs> pretty damn good. That's but it. I stopped. <laughs> good on you. Um, but there's still a feeling of okay, this isn't real, and I'd still much mm. rather have an experience with a real woman. However, there'd probably be a lot of men and younger boys who don't want to have to face all the uh, other factors involved in pursuing a woman and the rejection, rejection and the, yeah. the all the other things that you yeah. have to do Yeah. when you can just, boom, get straight into it with this 10 out of 10 lingerie model that it seems like a real woman who's just all over you. Mm. You can probably have three at once and do whatever you want to do. Yeah. So I, I can understand the appeal. But I think deep down, if you always do know it's not real there'll still be a little bit of, not necessarily guilt, but um, a shortcoming there, thinking "Mm, I still, this isn't actually real.
1: So what's interesting about this though, is the research is showing that the way that virtual reality is now, now that they've kind of amended it and upgraded and it continues to develop, they're showing that it actually tricks our brain into thinking that it is real. So you do have the physiological responses of that you are having an actual sexual intercourse with a partner. So the same chemicals get released, the bonding, the serotonin, the dopamine. Obviously, dopamine gets released with porn because it's enjoyable and you're getting off. But with virtual reality, it's a whole nother level. So it increases those senses tenfold than just watching it on a desktop. So a really interesting, and this one isn't a study, but if you go onto the yourbrainonporn.com and then look at the virtual reality section, and they have like hundreds of men writing about their experience with it, and what is you know, this isn't kind of anything to take as a, a stat or anything, because you know, people that have had good experiences may not be inclined to write on those kind of websites or write uh-huh. their experiences in. However what a lot of people were saying and a lot of them were young men was that once they started they couldn't stop a lot of people were saying you know i've never had issues with pied or porn induced erectile dysfunction i've been watching porn daily for years um and now as soon as i've started vr i cannot get an erection with a real girl um people were saying that They've gone from getting off once to three times a week to five to six times a day since VR became a thing. And
0: is this the one where you put the helmet on? Yeah, the full
1: headset. And then another interesting aspect of it is a lot of people that in relationships continually say it feels just like cheating. Like I felt like I had legitimately cheated on a partner. But then afterwards, you can just justify it to yourself saying, well, actually, I didn't cheat on my partner, obviously. I didn't do anything. I was just watching. It was a video game kind of thing or porn. Um, but because your brain is getting tricked into this, that it's real, they're saying that the long-term effects of this is also gonna change the way that we perceive other women now that we're in this kind of suedo- kind of habit of almost cheating in some ways of that response psychologically and physiologically. So this is where it kind of gets a little bit, um, tricky and I have found that women that have used it were like, yeah, like it's, (laughs) it's pretty cool, a cool experience, but you know, women have much different porn viewing standards to, men typically women would like to view things that are more um, what is realistic to them that shows more like emotional intimacy and standard whereas men don't often want to just see what's normal and routine they want to see things that are kinky and hot and new and different so then it kind of gets into this downhill spiral on vr when you start with one girl then you've got three and then you've got three girls and a goat or something like that and then you a take goat. off your headset well, this is the thing and like aliens uh but lots of people have like yeah, fetishes for aliens
0: do whatever you want
1: yeah um and then you 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 take it off um you've just had three hours with these hot 20 year olds take it off and then there's your you know 45 year old wife who's had two kids cooking your dinner and you like roll your eyes being like, which one am I going to prefer? Mm. Anyway, that was a long rant, spill.
0: Gosh. Yeah, again, I don't even know where to start on this. I, my initial reaction is that it's quite disconcerting and I can't imagine this would be good for society. However, if it's inevitable, we probably mm-hmm. have to think about new cultural ideas and norms for us to be able to contend with it yeah and maybe in the same way that we understand porn is a reality and is virtually impossible to avoid if it's consumed at a moderate rate that's okay Mm -hmm. so long as it doesn't become a a compulsion yeah. that you're giving into multiple times a day, maybe in a similar vein, we could look at VR porn that way. But if what you say uh, is is the case, which is that it's so much like a real experience mm. and it's basically like a drug, mm-hmm. then I can't imagine there'd be a moderate use. For something yeah. like Especially when you have a porn.
1: a much higher like positive experience with it than standard yeah. sex or porn. It's gonna be like, which one do I <laughs> want? Kind of thing. I should do this with my partner. But how good does that one make you feel? But you know, that being said, on the flip side, you sent me a really good article, I don't know when it was yesterday, and I can't remember who the woman who wrote it about It was
0: on Quillette, that's all I remember. Yeah.
1: It was about um you know, youth and sexualization um, and how we're trying to monitor whether or not they can be sexual at at young ages. And it was a really good um, viewpoint. And I think that it kind of does um, also apply to just anyone that we should be allowed to explore and express our sexuality and, you know, to be aware of the impacts of that is very, very beneficial. And to choose not to do that is obviously gonna be beneficial. But at the same point, if there are things that you you may not ever get to access on your day-to-day life, there are things that you might have with your partner that you may wanna try, but it's not gonna suit in your relationship that you can meet that settle, sexual satisfaction. It's gonna be beneficial for those people or people of um, like disability that can't or struggle to go out and meet people or be physically intimate mm. that that gives them a sexual experience um that to them is going to be very real especially because now they're linking the vr with the fleshlights so that the fleshlights will move in conjunction with the videos Gosh, yeah Ooh. so you'll see like <laughs> a clench of the fleshlight as the video pans on a penis going into a woman no, Yeah, yeah yeah
0: no nah, no nah, <laughs> those trends are definitely going to continue yeah um
1: trippy.
0: Yeah. What do we, oh, I, again, I just don't, it's interesting to talk about this, mm. but I don't really have an opinion. I don't know what to do about it because it just seems so inevitable. Yeah. Unless governments are so strict and just really crack down on this yeah, and almost give jail time to people to try to <laughs> produce and sell it. Well, it will have to come to that because yeah. how else can you, can you stop this? And, and I don't want to sound like a conservative priest here or something but (laughs) is this and not only this but just the you know the incessant availability of porn is it creating some kind of a moral decay in society yes
1: very good point very good point
0: but if it's so much like a real human that it basically is a human then you can you get into a philosophical argument about what does it even mean to be human Mm -hmm. and they'll they'll also be eventually there'll be ai that will probably just Give us those same dopamine, um, serotonin responses that VR porn does anyway. So you won't even have to do the VR; it'll just be you just take a little hit and then oh, cool, some dopamine.
1: Yeah. Wait till we get onto the sex robot chat. That is that's where it gets real crazy. There's nothing that we can really do about VR. It's gonna it's going to develop and get better and better and better with time. And, you know, sooner or later, we might not even need to wear the full headset. Like, who knows what will happen? But I think that my hope is that with all the crazy developments that is happening with technology, it's already becoming a little bit more trendy to, you know, shut your phone down or have time to yourself and things like that. I really think that people eventually will start kind of leaning back to way, wanting to bring in the way things were um and you know choosing not to do that or or not wanting to engage in that or go live in the country rather than the city you know those kind of things so yeah hopefully it'll become a trendy to be like i want natural authentic experiences a real woman, yeah <laughs> or man or or hopefully not the real goat you know for those those ones but um because that was something that they're like i read that they were creating um and the alien one really surprised me and an interesting stat i learned is that people that claim to have seen a ufo um and or believe that they have seen a ufo 30 i think it's 32 percent of those people later have developed a serious sexual attraction towards aliens
0: yeah but what do they What what is an what does an alien look like? Does it look different to each of these people, or is it just your classic the green big green thing with the?
1: No, I think it's probably more so. Like they're probably envisioning. Blue bodies with big tits, kind of thing, like
0: oh, okay, so sexy <laughs> like Guardian
1: Guardians of the Galaxy, kind of thing,
0: a bit of Avatar, yeah,
1: yeah, like that. I think <laughs> I don't know though, but uh, that's what I imagine. Maybe maybe they are envisioning these little green Marshall things, but mm,
0: that is a very male thing. I can't imagine women are looking at video games where it's a half man, half beast. Oh no, Thinking, that's one oh, of the biggest trends really? for women:
1: are vampires, werewolves, and pirates.
0: But they're still they're still human. Oh, a werewolf transforms into the wolf. Hey, yeah. A vampire just has the teeth. Yeah. But like a man will look at a half, like a mermaid, and be like, "Yeah, I'd fuck that." Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. I always find it interesting seeing like those trend videos of like things you used to find sexy as a as a child and it's men will sometimes or the boys will put on like the most ridiculous cartoon characters um like or like the red eminem <laughs> like <laughs> those kind yeah. of things um but you know that being said there is um
0: mermaids are always whenever they're shown they're always shown as really hot yeah and it's always the top half is human the bottom yeah half is the exactly
1: fish exactly it Was the other
0: way around that was the that was the um one of those stupid questions everyone when they're teenagers ask each other would you rather do something <laughs> like, if you want to fuck a mermaid are you gonna fuck one that's um top half human bottom half fish or bottom half human top half fish
1: that's a those are the questions of life that need answering so the don't deep they? questions we should do the an deep...
0: entire 10 series podcast on that yep. but yep. yeah go on um where does that Has there been a lot of studies done on the way humans can eroticize things? I was reading a book a few weeks ago called Your Brain on Sex. And Mm. uh, the author was talking about how often people who've experienced trauma in their childhood end up subconsciously eroticizing certain aspects of that trauma. So uh, there was uh, someone who grew up in a really racist family that were always talking about black people are evil, but then became really attracted to black people, but Sorry, it may have been the other way around where um, there was then a, there, was a, there was a nanny or someone who's black but they was super attracted to them because they were the only person that was really looking out for them and caring yes, for them.
1: that's very true. Sometimes the f- first moment of sexual development that we may not recognize as a, a sexual development as a child ends up being a huge um, fantasy for us. That's why nurses in particular – and doctors can be so popular as a, as a fetish um, or a fantasy because that might be our first experience of being attracted to someone. Um, like even in Freud, you know how Freud invented talk psychology and had these whack, although sometimes justified, ideas and some of them were that, you know, you're sexually attracted to your opposite-sex parent. And anyway, he talks about how he had seen the breasts of a nurse or something, and then forever afterwards was interested in nurses, um, and so there, there's there's the trauma that we can kind of try to resolve um, by reenacting it, changing it, um, or otherwise we get we're in that cycle of pattern of putting ourselves through that pain over and over and over again. So we do see that people that have been sexually abused are more likely to have rape fantasies, although. A lot of people that have rape fantasies have never been abused ever or anything like that. Um, so it's very interesting to see where these develop from. I'm not sure about. I'm not so sure about like the aliens and things like that. I I know that for women and werewolves and vampires, it's more so the arousal comes from turning the bad boy good or, or winning him over and and taming him.
0: Is it? Is it? true that women often with their fantasies and just general se- gen- general sexualization would encumber m- more of a story and a narrative yeah. to what's occurring whereas with men it's it's very visual yes. and so that's why you get the vr headset all right i want three 20 year olds now yeah whereas would it be the case that if a woman were to enjoy VR porn it would be more of a movie or there'd be a yeah. story involved or yeah. maybe if they made that then women would suddenly get interested.
1: So with the um the sex bots that are being developed at the moment and that were trialed by men and women.
0: And and just quickly yeah. so VR porn, you put the headset on and maybe you get the fleshlight, but a yeah. sex robot isn't, is, it looks like an actual it's human. Crazy it's
1: crazy how. Okay, there's how no headset or anything. You're just no, looking at the robot. You've got a doll. They're like sex dolls. They, they feel. The only difference is people are saying between a, a human and a sex doll is that their skin is colder. That, and aside from the fact that there'll be a size four with double G tits and five. Wait. Five foot. <laughs> so
0: they've done all this technology and they can't make the skin warm.
1: Yeah. Wow. Not yet. <laughs> that seems weird. Not yet. Um, but so what they have been f- um, finding with the men and women that trial these sex robots is that the men often have a very, very great experience and love it. And the women. <sighs> Don't like it. And the reason why is because, you know, even though you can choose the man for how, how they look, um, what they say, you know, the dick size, everything down to the T you can choose, the women are saying it's like just – you know, fucking a lazy guy who just is lying there and not interested in me and he's just there for a root. That's what it feels like. Whereas the guys are like, I found the hottest woman. She's submissive. She does whatever I want, like those kind of things. So that's why they're finding it so erotic. But what they're doing now with the development of AI is they're making these sex bots talk. Um, and for the women, the, ma- the, the male sex bots are saying things like, Tell me about your day, sweetie. Was How say, was this?
0: <laughs> I was just thinking yeah. that a comedian would come up with a joke. Yeah, That's where the through line was going there. I was thinking oh, a funny joke would be, Once they start making robots that ask a girl about her day, then they'd be interested. But that's actually happening. That's
1: literally happening. So he'll be like, I really appreciated that you. And then you would, you know, pre program things that you would typically do. Like on on Tuesday nights, I will vacuum or whatever. I really appreciated that you vacuumed tonight. Those kind of things. So that she's getting so like aroused and she's feeling like he's giving her so much attention. They'll even like notice things that when they have cameras in their eyes, these ones being developed, and they will do like facial recognition. So if you're sitting on top of, you know, if, if I was straddling a sex bot and I like smile or smirk, which are different to them, he will do it in response. So he will look, their eyes will move from your eyes to your lips and they'll smile back after you smile so that you really feel like you're developing the sexual and emotional intimacy at the same time and it's so crazy to think of the psychology and like the marketing psychology behind this that is going to hook us onto these sex bots is very very tricky because with the female sex robots now they were saying well okay at first they were like it's great because men love Uh, typically like, you know, the woman that is submissive and just says yes to everything and she's not nagging, she's not talking back. So the man can pre-program whether he wants this female sex bot to be intelligent or she can just be sexual or she can be cheeky or she can be innocent or there's a couple of others. So you kind of choose the theme of the conversation and she will talk like that. And then they were like, okay, so we got that down packed. But men also like feeling like they've accomplished something, they've they've won them over. So now if you have this sex bot in front of you and you go straight to touch, you know, the genital area, she'll say, not right now. And you're like, what? And then you have to touch her face. You'll have to talk to her more. You will have to caress her breast and then you can try again and she'll say yes. So it's like, they're making you work for it with these, <laughs> your face. <laughs> Terrifying, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or exciting. What's, um, what is the emotion you're feeling?
0: <laughs> no, I'm not excited. <laughs> not excited. Um, I, I don't know. Because, again, I don't want to just give into my initial gut reaction, which is this is just so different and foreign. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It just seems to be that maybe people will stop. Will people stop having kids? Or there'll yeah. be technology eventually that'll have artificial wombs in mm. in a sex robot so you can get the, the your wife's eggs and just, yeah. like, you know, come into the sex robot and then it'll carry the child. I mean, <laughs> so if you probably, still have a wife, that's it, true, really. yeah. But in the 50 years, it could be the case. Yeah. So the only people who I, I think religious people will turn uh, away from all of this and they'll probably be the ones having six kids, which they already, they still do. Mm. So then just by nature of um, population, they'll eventually just take over the world and cancel all the. Or all the (laughs) women
1: become gay because (laughs) all the men have gone off with their sex robots. Um, But yeah, it's, it's wild. And another thing that um, I was looking at was how They 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 analyze everything that you do to the robot. So like it's a it's a computer. So So,
0: like with your social media, can it can detect what you like and what hooks you?
1: Not there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what they will figure out from you is that um, some of these robots have functions to give a handy and a blowjob and obviously vaginal and anal. Um, and so they take a few times to gather um, data on you to see how long it takes you to ejaculate in each of those different um, areas. And so when they're like, okay, we know that when he's giving blowjobs to this doll, it takes them seven minutes. So at six minutes or six and a half minutes, she'll ramp it up. She'll start expressing things and saying things to make you like bring you even closer to the edge. So they like they really know what gets you going, when it's gonna get you going, and you can choose down to the T even the words they say to you. So trippy, trippy things. And they have brothels at the moment. We were talking about them in the USA and a couple of places in Europe. And I think there was maybe a couple in Japan or China. I can't remember, but that was the
0: third one. Well, that could be brothels. one situation yeah. where you could argue ethically it may be better if you have this huge compulsion to cheat and you're in a sexless marriage. Yeah. Then maybe it's better to go to a a, a digital brothel because yeah. Um, again, we've talked about this. Our opinions on on sex workers and mm. and I'm all for it, but yep. there's always still a risk of mm. uh, physical danger, STIs. Um, trafficking yeah, unethical treatment of the women or men working there so having a sex robot takes all of that away
1: yeah and it also can also just as a once-off you know get your curiosity met rather than spending twelve thousand dollars developing this intense you know bond with this thing that you've bought and then feeling torn between the two because what they're What they're finding now is that the sex bots haven't really been released to the extent they've been made to this extent, but they haven't been released uh, with this kind of these new developments yet. But what they're thinking is that once they're released, only it will only be half about sex and the other half is going to be that kind of companionship and genuine feeling. Because when they're talking back to you and hearing things that you say, you can ask them a, a random question. What's your favorite flower? And they're going to respond and they're going to respond with things that you're interested in as well. Like bring up a show that you like. So really it's going to be like, well, okay, I've got this woman here, this sex bot that looks so much like a a woman, actually my ideal woman that I've created. She responds in the way I want. I can make her cheeky and sarcastic and talk back if I want. But in reality, she's always going to be down to fuck. She's always going to do this and she's always going to do this. Why, Why would we not want to choose that? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, yeah. Really,
0: why wouldn't you? Yes, yeah, so if it's that realistic, yeah, um, you're fulfilling every other physiological uh, need that you would otherwise get from a relationship, but it's just being do- just doing it in a way that's tailor made for you. Yeah. Whereas in a relationship, you're contending with the the differences of needs between two people.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was looking at um some some guy's Instagram. I went on a rabbit hole. This, um, he looked like a very nice, handsome guy, same age as us. And he had, it wasn't a sex robot, but it was a sex doll. And he was very much in a relationship. So he was bringing her to dinner, to the beach, out with his friends, um, photos of them kissing. How realistic is the? This she doll? was very realistic.
0: Could you tell from, it if, if she was two meters away, would you be able to tell it's a robot? No,
1: when I was looking at the photos, really? I was like, why is this girl kissing this guy, but just like staring up? Like this, like, why is her eyes open? And then I was like, so holy she shit, so she it's doesn't a doll.
0: So does she respond and things? Or?
1: No, because that's just a sex doll doesn't have the AI uh, okay, functions sorry. yet. okay, sorry, it's a doll. Okay. Yeah, so that's right. what majority of the people have at the moment is the sex dolls. Um, and some women have them, but it's 98% men. Um, and they, uh, 70, they said that 70% of it is... Um, for sexual satisfaction but for 30% of men it was for the emotional company they don't even have like sex with them Um, so now with this development of the AI where they can develop personalities and things like that um, we're we're gonna it's going to be inevitable that people are going to you know, fall in love accidentally and soon they'll be so easily programmed like in that movie, Her. You gotta watch it, it's so good with, Mm. she's just an AI and she's getting smarter and smarter and she can access any point of information in the world that she almost becomes, well, like just a person. Um, how How do we deal with that? Because they're saying, you know, researchers and futurologists are saying that's what's gonna happen, that we won't know the difference between a robot and a person, and that it's going to become so normalized to have them out in our circles and bring them for drinks with our friends and double dates because they'll be able to contribute to conversation just as well. So,
0: trippy. Yeah, well, that's the basis of so many of those dystopian science fiction movies. Yeah, it's just crazy. It's becoming a reality. Biological humans. Yeah. But then if – biological humans are getting a lot of their limbs replaced or if they're getting operations already we've ha- so many people have mechanical parts in their mm. body in another 50 years it's not unreasonable to think we would develop the technology to move on from our uh, vulnerable physical yeah. bodies and keep our mind in a-, a body that still looks like ours but it's if it gets hit by a car, you don't die. Yeah, and if you get pricked, you don't you don't bleed out to death. That seems relatively uh, reasonable to assume we'd have that technology in the next century, assuming yeah. things go uh, continue at the rate they are. Then it begs the question: if that sex robot is also made out of more impenetrable um, materials mm. that aren't that don't, aren't you, you, you know, they're not the same biology and physiology as as a biological human. But then we develop the technology to alter our biological biological mm. state. We would just be them. We're
1: becoming <laughs> one we're with just... technology as it is. And yeah. With,
0: and with stem cells, you even twenty years ago they were talking about how stem cells you can grow a brain. Yeah. You can grow mm-hmm. certain. Uh, organs and limbs Mm. but then I think governments have really put a lot of regulation and restrictions on that technology Mm. I wonder where it is nowadays I've heard of people who've had uh, potentially permanent injuries but then they get stem cell treatment and it's gone miraculously so if we take into account those three things that the the stem cells and the um, moving away from our biological bodies and then this other factor of these very realistic AI sex robots that essentially have the same mental faculties and capacities as, as a human.
1: But more. <laughs> well,
0: yeah, but more. But then would we all just – we? We'd all just be humans. You'd have to change the definition of a human. Well, what does yeah. it mean to be human? And yeah. things like that. Just
1: another reason why I makes God. me terrified to have kids. No, these that, kind that's of what things? I'm thinking. Because yeah. well, for us, we'll probably kids. just scape, scrape past and be like, oh, we don't have to, whatever. But for our kids, it's going to probably be that's life, that's the norm. So freaky.
0: Yeah. Wow. Um, going on a bit of a tangent, let's talk about some of the. Evolutionary psychology mm. that could explain why there are such vast differences in the sex preferences of men and women. Yeah. So, what do you think the reason is for those aggregate differences in pleasure from sex robots and just uh, requirements for sexual pleasure between men yeah. and women?
1: So, there was a really interesting video that I watched, and if you, if you, YouTube, sex robots, Joe Rogan, he interviews this woman. I'm sorry, I forgot her name. Um, and she's she is in the field of AI, specifically with sex robots. And yeah. he was saying, well, why is it so dangerous for, for men? You know, women are going to do it too. And she said, no, they won't. And he said, well, how do you know that? I've
0: seen that clip. Yeah. I've seen... And sh-
1: she's saying the only people that buy the male sex dolls or sex robots are gay men. And <laughs> the reason why women don't is because women's arousal is almost always dependent on that man wanting them. That's what makes them feel sexy and aroused is knowing he wants, he desires her. So when she knows that this thing in no way desires or has emotions towards her, she's not gonna get that arousal and response. Whereas for men, it's the physicalness of it. It's seeing the breasts. It's seeing the eyes. It's the hair, the way you like it, kind of thing. The the responses, the stroking, the ego, like "Wow, he's so hot," whatever. And having them say that is that that's what's arousing to them. So it reaches their sexual needs, but it does not yet reach women's.
0: And and why typically do those differences exist? What what caused those evolutionary pressures? to have that differentiation between the sexual desires of men and women. In other ape species, I know um, I've compared ape species when it comes to Mm. polyamory and polygamy and things, but have they done studies on the sexuality of, say, male chimpanzees and female chimpanzees and whether or not they are aroused by similar things? Do you know anything about that?
1: Yeah. I I can't remember if it's chimpanzees or bonobos. Yeah, but there's def there's they differentiate massively amongst the ape groups. So one of them, I can't remember which one, was more like um, us, and the other one was let's let's mate twenty four seven. Oh, that's this- for nobody. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so aroused. But I think the reason why we've developed like that in an evolutionary way is that we women require emotional intimacy from men in order to exchange our loyalty so that they will stay with we exchange kind of the sexual gratification for loyalty so that they can provide for the children that they have bred with us rather than going off meeting with another woman, having her have a baby and then another woman then we're left with a baby and not knowing being able to hunt for ourselves or gather. Um, so it's this kind of exchange of I will, I will be here and be stable and offer this to you if you can please provide resources to me so that me and my child can survive in this environment. But in order for us to have this desire to, you know, offer that to the men, this isn't current like back in the day, um, in order for us to have that desire, we need to have that emotional connection. Otherwise, we won't care. We will be like, well, we don't need you. We'll just find someone else. So it's kind of bred into us to have this intimacy that's more than just sexual.
0: Would you say the requirement for the emotional connection is most likely than a, a, a symbol that the man will stick around and invest yeah. in the children and the future of the children rather than just um, – impregnate her and leave yeah whereas then with men because w- w- we are able to mate with well i don't know a few women a day if you yeah. wanted to
1: apparently up to nine you can impregnate nine women a day <laughs> if you wanted
0: oh your balls would hurt by the end of <laughs> um yeah genghis khan did it but uh, so we're almost competing with each other Mm -hmm. our desires are competing with each other so women are trying to get a man to stay whereas I'm thinking look I have the ability to to spread my seed (laughs) plenty more than just you yeah so what are you gonna do to make me stay yeah um yeah. yeah 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 that's the whole the the old yeah but some people haven't some people sort of refuted a lot of those theories in saying it's a more male centric view of sexuality that the man is supposed to be dominant and moving around mating with as many women as, as he can. And that's the most successful man. Whereas women need to protect their sexuality because it's a nine month investment if they, if they, um, are impregnated and, Mm. um, but it would, it does seem to make sense just from a logical perspective so i
1: think that it started as a survival mechanism for women and children um to to be like this and and kind of provide that monogamy almost and that it's that's been a something that we have you know throughout history it's become a physiological thing that we still carry on and the reason why there's this debate about the the alpha male spreading a seed to anyone and and in a monogamous relationship we lock them down and it's not their true desire is really there's so much research going both ways that i think that in fact both can be right because there is also a lot of research that's saying that men um men do desire only monogamous relationships that they do have happier um fulfillment and things like that and they don't actually desire to just you know, fuck every single girl that they walk past and that historically that may have also been accurate where they only wanted one woman or one partner and things like that. So I think it's kind of those situations where it's like, you know, it is as it is now almost. Some people prefer this, other people prefer that. Um, We're still surviving. It's working. Yeah. So I
0: just find that really interesting. And then those difference, the differences in urges, how then they manifest in various other differences in aggregate behavior yeah
1: so what's interesting with the sex bots is not just the difference in in genders experience like physical experience of it but the way that we respond to the conversations about it that most not most men um i think you know less than 50 percent, but much more higher majority of men mm. were open to the idea of sex bots and even those that are in relationships and being like yeah that's cool yeah I'll I'll do that whereas almost all women were like no I hate this no not accepting it I hate this terrifies me and even I have a bit of that reaction too where I'm like oh sex bots that's so scary um and then there's this other whole other ethical debate um which when I first read it I was like oh god but then I kind of was like sold on it after a little bit and it was about um it was about saying that sex bots are, are like sexist and at first I was like how is it sexist but then what they were showing that every single sex bot and sex doll that's being created like this the studies of them was showing that 97% of them are white they're five foot or 4'11 was the most common g-cup tits like that's are naturally massive size four equivalent australian body which is probably you know this the size and figure of like a 10 year old with giant boobs and a and a 13 14 year old face um and so people were saying if we if that's what all of our sex dolls are looking and looking like and if this becomes the new wave of sexuality how we want to you know desire that and this becomes what we desire then how are men going to respond to real women or natural women when they can access something so realistically touch it feel it have it respond to you
0: but is that sexist or is that just playing into what the ideal conception of a attractive woman is to a man because they wouldn't Mm -hmm. be making it unless I assume they wouldn't be making it unless they've done some bit of research and found, all right, these are the sort of things that the Yeah, the men are choosing
1: how they want them made. That's nice. the thing. You can choose the boob size. There's a really interesting article. I screenshot it. I've got it open right here because I knew that it expresses really, really well, I guess, um, all about it and it kind of reviews all the research that has been done on it because there's not much out yet about Mm. sex robots in particular, but look it up. It's on the, um, journal of medical interest research and it's called design use and effects of sex dolls and sex robots scoping review so definitely have a read of that because it's very long it's very lengthy there's a lot of like stats and maths and things like that but super interesting about that they kind of explain that a lot better than i did about
0: is it public because i know a lot of journals yeah. are behind paywalls. yeah it's public okay. yeah yeah maybe i yeah, will send, I'll send me you me the link
1: and you can post it up it's so good
0: Yeah. Mm. Okay. Well, but that's that's been a lot of the uh, argument against porn for a long time, because it's unrealistic bodies and unrealistic expectations. But if you're playing into a fantasy, I mean, you're always gonna, it's, it's, it's a fantasy. That's exactly what it is, right? It's not, if it wouldn't be appealing if it's a realistic, porno
1: yeah so that's (laughs) that's kind of the counter argument is that you know we can we can recognize or we should be able to recognize that women do not have bodies shaped like this in fact you probably won't ever find a woman with that kind of body even surgically enhanced and i'm sure you know most men can recognize that when they order these dolls and it is that kind of fantasy aspect but the Mm. the other side of it is that because these dolls are so realistic it's the equivalent of you know specifically if you're in a relationship but going to a brothel and having sex with one type of prostitute over and over and over again because they're so realistic Um, and then it's you know when you reach this insane sexual gratification with this amazingly perfect ideal thing can you ever reach sexual gratification to even 50% of that extent with just a standard person. Probably not. Yeah. Uh, so that's when it becomes risky. And how does that impact on the partner? How does that impact on you and your confidence if you can't get up, get it up to a normal woman? And then you're going to be like, well, I'll just stick to the dolls then.
0: Well, that's <laughs> all right. Even with porn, that's yeah. caused a lot of erectile dysfunction yeah. in younger men. Hell, when I was watching a lot of porn, yeah, like it affected mm. me as well. Not mm. good. But um big reason why I stopped. But Mm. um this would just be an entirely different ball game. Yeah, because it's so realistic. Yeah. There'd be just no way to go back to a and you get so used to being aroused if you if you're doing it consistently. Yeah. Um you just get so used to being aroused in a certain way. There's a really um able to be aroused any other way. And then also again coming back to this, but why would you want to go through multiple dates going on tinder or bumble or even just talking to a girl at your work who oh, mm-hmm. you're not sure if she's going to say yes or no and oh uh, you've got the risk of rejection and you're vulnerable and all of that is very messy and when you can just you know pay i don't know how much it's going to be mm. you go and visit this um girlfriend brothel digital so it's not just sex where she sits mm-hmm. there talking to you and Offers the intimacy that you so desperately crave. Why the hell would you? Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, a t- it's it'd take a lot of restraint to not do it.
1: Yeah. So that's some of the counter arguments, I guess. On this are that first of all, that's a good one. When we have sexual desire, why is it inappropriate or deemed so negatively that we would go and you know access that from a sex robot or sex worker or sex doll? The other thing that is interesting.
0: Wait. What. It- what do you mean?
1: Like why why do people shame shame it because if it's like, you know, you're saying you feel like having sex yeah. and you go and have sex with a sex doll and I'm like, how dare you? That's so disgusting. You should have, you know, tried with 20 different women before you went to the sex robot. So Okay, yeah. Why do we shame people on that? And also, you know, with the the history of emotional connections to dolls is typically been with female you know kids um or even women and that it's never ever really been looked upon as a concerning way to have these emotional connections until it became sexual so for example most girls little girls have dollies and toys and they will truly believe that this baby is mine like this is little kid and then i also recommend everyone google image reborn babies because they're like these baby dolls that you would not like 10 times it's just you would never think that they are not baby they're so realistic and so women will buy these babies usually women that have had a miscarriage or a stillbirth um will buy them as yeah, an emotional okay. comfort kind of thing or also they found that they're really beneficial for um patients of dementia because it makes them feel like compassion empathy like happy feelings they also gives them That's some sweet. purpose because they can't tell that it's not a real baby yeah, like they okay. feel the same so no one, you know, these dolls have been around. We're being using them. We've got the super hyper realistic ones that no one could tell that they're not a real doll. That they're not a doll. It's um, a good point, though. And yeah. no one seems to think twice about that. We're like, "Oh, that's beautiful." But when it comes to men having sex with these dolls, we're all like, "No." Nah, that's a that's really good up. point. Yeah. That's
0: a really good point. These other dolls exist to fulfill certain desires that people have. Yeah. These dolls offer the same thing. Yeah. Fulfilling desires that are otherwise not necessarily unattainable, but a lot more difficult to yeah. achieve. So why are you shaming someone for uh, being an individual and mm. doing what they want to do without hurting anyone else? Yeah, It's not as though I don't really see on an individual level, I don't really see any issue with it. Um, my concern is there's is there the aggregate effect on society if yeah. a large percentage of men start yeah. doing this. Then what's going to happen?
1: Exactly, and I think that's the difference between the you know the baby dolls and the sex bots is that one the baby doll isn't replacing something else, whereas this the, yeah, the sex doll we may be replacing you know f- intimacy with real life people, yep. we may be you know replacing reproduction and things like that. Um, the impact that it can have on our interpersonal relationships can be much much more. Detrimental. Well, it's it's pro- almost always going to be detrimental if if you have a husband who is choosing sexual satisfaction ongoing from the sex doll rather than you, and you're not being satisfied, kind of thing.
0: Maybe we need to redefine the um what a relationship even means mm. and what a relationship should be for, because we perceive a relationship as um, a mutual agreement where we fulfill each other's desires and fulfill a lot of those Mm. desires. But maybe this will be technology that continues the trend of people opting for different ideas about relationships and what you actually require from a relationship. Because We've just socially constructed that, that, okay, you're the husband, therefore you should always be sexually satisfied by her and vice versa. It's not Mm – You know, we just made that up.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, a lot of relationship therapists will always say, well, actually all relationship therapists are like, never look to your partner to fulfill every need. It's not their responsibility. Yeah. So that could kind of be twisted in that way. There's a documentary on YouTube. I think it's called The Future of Sex and it's this guy, he was he's a young guy and he was I think he was hit by a train so he's got a robotic arm and a robotic leg so he mm. goes around the country or around the world looking at robots and there's one he does on sex robots and the the people that he interviews are in Italy and his name's like Sergi or Sergio. And um, they create the AI ones that they're developing, the ones that respond to you and, and know how long it takes you to ejaculate and say things you want to hear. And he, the the man, Sergio, is creating the dolls, but his wife is the one that creates the AI, so knows like how to get into the man's head and things like that. And so the interview was like to him, to, sorry, to the wife being like, doesn't it bother you that he's, you know, fucking these sex robots and that he's constantly talking about how desirable they are and beautiful and young and, you know, she's like 50 or something. And she was like, well, no, because I don't want to have sex that much and he wants to have sex three times a day. So it works for both of us. He gets to, you know, be sexually satisfied and I get to be left in peace. So for <laughs> them, it works out perfectly.
0: <laughs> well, I'm sure a lot of heterosexual relationships would have a similar... Um, mm, perhaps a similar kind of issue there where the man has a lot more sexual desire and the woman wants to be yeah. not pestered for it. Yeah, not always. Yeah, it can be it can sometimes. Side- well, according to that uh, yeah. book I read, it was 90% whenever there's a relationship where there's an um someone has a significantly greater sexual desire than the other one to the extent where it's a problem in the relationship. 90% of the time it was the man that had the high uh, libido. Yes, the high libido and felt frustrated. But that's still ten, you know, ten percent relationships where the woman was like, you're not fucking me enough.
1: Yeah. There's this um this book, I haven't read it fully, but next time I see you, we'll do a book swap. And I'm reading at the moment, it's called Come As You Are And it's. I see what they did there. (laughs) Yeah, it's great. It's about sexual uh, female sexuality, written by um, not just psychologists but PhD doctors and things like that. Um, And it's aimed to kind of dispel myths. And I was like, surely there's not that many myths that. You know, in this day and age, but the, a lot of what we are told and what we um, believe to be about sex is not always accurate. And so so one of these things in relation to that kind of like disparity against the high libido for the males and the, and the low bi- libido for females in this book demonstrates that sometimes, you know, the libido can be the same, but the difference is that men want sex spontaneously at random points where women majority not all but some women don't have spontaneous desire for sex like throughout the day or sitting near someone or whatever well some women do um but majority of them don't so that's when guys are like oh you know i was was sitting doing this and i tried to touch her and she was like no and she always says no um and then the woman's like he just tries to jump me at every moment so it's this interesting kind of almost biological thing as well
0: um all comes does it then come down to that evolutionary urge for a man to spread his seed as much as possible maybe whereas if it's spontaneous there isn't that emotional connection and the intimacy that has developed even in, yeah. if it's a uh, long-term relationship mm-hmm. in each situation there still needs to be some sort of connection there before yeah, and the physical intimacy that's is initiated.
1: A, a theory that is you know i don't know if it's been like proven scientifically but a lot of people do believe that that reason why you know sex can die down for couples or or women's libido decreases is one because as we've discussed previously, you know, your hormones change after a year and a half um, and the chemicals that get released that kind of bond you and have that lust. Um, But also the other reason is because the man may not and not always in all circumstances or maybe not even majority but in some circumstances you know after a couple of years the, may, the man may not be courting or wooing or taking her out on dates or giving her as many compliments and making her feel um, valued and and sexy and things like that mm. whereas at the start of the relationship all you're hearing is you're so beautiful you're so hot and you're feeling confident and good and then when that decreases so does your desire for sex so it is this interesting dynamic. It's very, very different typically between men and women. But, yeah, when I when I finish the book, we'll, we'll talk more about it and I'll give yeah. it to you to read after. Sure. Well, I'm really just started. Yeah.
0: Um. So much of, well, female sexuality was really looked down upon in many mm. societies for a long time. So maybe that has influenced the way we perceive it and, and even on a subconscious level, it's actually caused a suppression. Yeah. Because now – I read an article that was saying um, more women are initiating open relationships mm. in Australia Yeah, than – and typically it's a sort of more educated, middle, upper class mm. women, white. I assume – I'm just guessing there. But yeah. Like, yep. I can't imagine many Muslim girls are like, let's do an open relationship. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but it was saying that more women are doing it than men.
1: Yeah, and more men are wanting to stay loyal. They're wanting to stay in their – relationships and marriages and women uh, i think it, i can't remember what it was what was it like we look talking about it in one of our old ones it was like 80 something percent of divorces are instigated by the women um and men almost never instigate the divorce
0: it's actually i should actually make a correction there so 80 percent of heterosexual breakups are initiated by the okay, woman but yeah. divorce it's it's um about two-thirds
1: that's good to know. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. when it's
0: a marriage, it seems to be it's not as – the disparity isn't yeah. as great. But if it's just yeah, uh, any sort of relationship, okay. Yeah. it's 80%. And I can't re- – I'm really trying to think about where I read that statistic. I have a feeling it was from one of the Bruce Bryan's book. I didn't just pull this out of the thin air though, although it is a pretty – it can be um, – a provocative statistic. So I should actually try to find the they source They do for
1: have that. Um, those stats on the Australian... Bureau of Stats, that's where I got the 80% from, but I must have got confused with relationships and marriage. But they do have the whole like stats about relationships and things like that on there. So it's a good place to look because it's pretty much the most authentic we can get in Australia.
0: Yeah, and a lot of these are the books I read from American authors. So a lot of these are American statistics. I don't know if it would apply to Australia. I tend to think it wouldn't be too dissimilar, but you you never know.
1: But either way, the majority was was women or is women ending these – relationships and divorces and then also par on top of that the um more women instigating the open relationships very interesting and (laughs) that's kind of like a lot of what the MGTOW movement (laughs) is stemming from as well
0: fearful for a lot of men in those relationships you're in a 10-year relationship suddenly she's saying I want to fuck other people yeah I could imagine your initial reaction would be no shock (laughs) um I think that Cultural norms haven't updated to newfound financial freedoms of women. So a big part of why women mm-hmm. would probably have stuck around is, well, I can't, I need the money. Yeah. And also culturally, it was so frowned upon to get a divorce. Yeah. Whereas now it's not for most people. And you're not financially, most middle and upper class women are not financially dependent on men. If actually up to the age of 33, 34, women out earn men.
1: Oh, there
0: you go. and then and then it starts to change
1: mm.
0: and the seemingly that would be because of kids and things. yeah but you, yeah, you know right. there could be some other yeah. factors there um so men maybe still abide by these cultural ideas that i need to be the provider and i need to mm. similar to what we we're talking about in the last podcast maybe men oh, i need to make sure she's happy all the time and mm. i'm I'm the hero in this yes. situation, whereas I think that culture needs to update, needs to adapt to the newfound knowledge we have about female sexuality and about um, what is required for you as a man in a relationship, and it's a lot more, it's not as pronounced the difference, I think, yeah. anymore. I think yeah. you don't have to be the provider. You don't, mm. if you're dating, a, you know, a middle-class woman who has probably got a job yeah you don't need to be the one putting bread on the table anymore whereas that's such an ingrained idea in so many especially working class even men just the generation before us i need and they put and and i think that even contributes to the the massive depression and suicide rates of men who get divorced Mm -hmm. because they think i failed as as my role as the breadwinner look you need to provide don't get me wrong but it's not your sole imperative to, I need to be this breadwinner. I need to be the, you know, the man of the household and the hero. Now, the problem there is people then perceive uh, criticism of that kind of culture as, oh, you're, you know, you're a cuck or you're a soy boy or whatever, mm-hmm. but actually it's the opposite. It's actually valuing yourself to the degree where you think, no, I don't need to be like a breadwinner, but oh, I... Wait, you know,
1: what's, I, what's a soy boy?
0: No, I haven't you heard that term? I
1: thought... I thought vegans were calling themselves soy boys or maybe (laughs) it means something because I've seen them nickname themselves. Okay, so
0: soy boy is an insult that generally people from not necessarily the MGTOW but uh, people who – men who maybe value masculinity Mm -hmm. a lot more than what they perceive as some of these more soft feminist men coming in. And I – Sometimes when you see some of those men who are clearly doing it to appease women, you think, look, mm. all right, yeah, you're you're a white knight or whatever. So that's where soy boy comes from, a man who's like lacking testosterone mm. and eats too much soy because soy uh, um, decreased. Although that is a very tenuous link. I don't know. Can someone no. in the comments actually tell me if that's a proven thing? Because no. It's just not. It's not. Because it's not- I hear such a... Uh, a range of opinions on it sometimes i hear yep so it does yeah or it doesn't directly decrease the testosterone but it like inhibits certain other biological processes which contribute to testosterone but a big part of um testosterone dec- testosterone rates have dramatically decreased mm-hmm. in men really it, it should be eyebrow raising mm-hmm. it's, it's sort of halved and not even over the space of 100 years, I think over the space of like 20, yeah. 30 years and they don't know what it is, if it's the plastic, if it's mm. the sedentary lifestyle, um, if it's just general lack of self-esteem and confidence in men because those sorts of things do mm-hmm. affect testosterone. A diet, mm-hmm. I would guess that it's a combination of all of them.
1: Exactly. I think it is that spot on. Because you- they,
0: sorry, they they just uh, they do the tests on athletes and they still have a very a, a testosterone level that would have been seen as mm, normal standard, yeah. back in the day. Yeah. So I'd assume sedentary lifestyle is a major factor.
1: It is, yeah, and also your your behaviors and emotions, like your your psychology, affects your physiology. Yeah, big time, massively. Your sleep and yeah,
0: yeah, yeah your general health, you stress, You're eating macas all the time,
1: cancer, etc. Um, but yeah, I th- just I guess on the side note, that soy thing. Apparently, this is the research that I've done, that there was the initial study came out in like 1980 or 19, like late 80s or early 90s saying soy did this and it kind of became this huge trend. And then they've done like a million studies since debunking it, showing that soy decreases the testosterone and increases estrogen in plants, but not in humans, unless you're eating it at a rate where it's like four kilos plus of tofu per day. Or equivalent, okay. But the real danger of soy is the amount of pesticides that we use to to cultivate that. That's the most yeah. dangerous part, rather than the actual soy itself.
0: Yeah. Oh, nutrition. When I, you know, I listen to the podcast with nutrition experts and think we there's so much we still don't yeah. know. Yeah. And a microbiome, mm. big thing. Clever Guts book is good book. Oh. It's all over the shelves in a lot of the bookstores, um, but there's all these millions billions, sometimes some I think maybe even billions of little bacteria in yeah. our microbiome and based on what we're eating those they, they connect to the brain yeah influence healthier. our mood so much yeah so there's all these things about nutrition we just do not know and then different based on the bacteria in your microbiome would def- it would determine how what sort of diet would be optimal for you the, and the and mm. people will send like stool samples to test wow. that microbiome yeah um, and usually the first, I think, okay, I'm, I am I may be wrong here, but from this book it said when a baby is exiting the womb, that's when they're first exposed to the bacteria of the yep. mother and that's usually the bacteria that then goes into your microbe. Yes, but then yeah. if you have a caesarean, mm it can actually cause problems because you get all these different sorts of bacteria and what's I, I yeah cesarean, <laughs> so. yeah um, oh
1: that makes sense yes yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> got such a weird diet um <laughs> yeah that's interesting this, but now sample.
1: women because cesarean's becoming borderline optional these days a lot of women are uh, leaning towards cesarean at the moment it's like 50 50 in australia where it used to be like only in absolute emergencies, uh, but they only see that, perceive it to be increasing because in some ways it's better for the doctors to be able to schedule in the day of when it's going to occur.
0: Yeah, right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also you can... It's just less painful can, and things Yeah, right, your you pussy mean. can <laughs> stay intact, which is a... It's probably an, good for the one husband per- then. That's one <laughs> perk of it, I guess. Um, but obviously you know, the vaginal fluids can be essential, as you said, and also shaping the head through the, yeah. the, the birth canal. I think good. what
0: they did was they'd get a swab from the vagina and put it on the baby... Oh. So it then still, so oh. the first thing, as soon as it comes out of stomach, then they, I, I, look, I'm not, this is absolutely <laughs> not my area of so expertise. Off topic. But I love it. I think in that Clever Guts book, it was talking about that. Um, But I, I wouldn't have just pulled something like that out of the air. <laughs> because I'm sure I've read that somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, They recommend if you are going to do a cesarean that you'd get a vaginal swab to wow. swab the baby.
1: Imagine explaining that to a doctor or a nurse that hasn't heard that theory before, and you're like, Put my juices on the baby. (laughs) She'd be like, "Mm, Don't think so. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Who is this crazy woman? Um, Call child protection services. God.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, anyway, we still, let's go back to the, how long have we been? Oh, it's been going longer than an hour. Um,
1: It's a juicy topic, these sex bots.
0: It's juicy and scary so scary so oh it's a t- look if, if you're watching this on YouTube what do you think honestly like, this is one where I really I just I'm at a loss like I don't know if we should be strictly banning these because then that's a lot of government regulation mm. which I'm generally against. Or should we sort of create a culture that shames people for using them because then that can be more effective occasionally than the actual government getting in there? Yeah. Or should we just allow it to occur because it's going to be impossible to police and then we adapt as fast as the technology is um, improving, but that's very fast.
1: Or just let us know if you're fully for it and you can't wait to use it. (laughs) That's what I'm curious in because –
0: yeah, go on. Because you know,
1: apparently a lot of people are like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm so keen." Like statistically, but then anyone I ask, they're like, "Nah, nah, never."
0: I did as soon as I got the VR port, I was like, "Yeah, I got to try this." Yeah. I was I was 19. Mm. Um, yes, there was, I was definitely a hermit for like a week. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, just, it, it felt so much more immersive. And real. Yeah. And that was just with the little, the crappy little headset, and you put your phone in oh, it.
1: Oh, yeah. So that's a real low key, like it's level just, one. Yes,
0: exactly. It's the really bare bones <laughs> Damn. one. Yeah. And I, I was quite a Mind massive compulsion to keep doing yeah. it. So I could only imagine if um, I, even if I was 10 years younger and I was the same age, and then there was a greater technology with uh, mm. VR porn, I'd, hell, I could be an addict. Who yeah. knows? Uh, so yeah, I think we got to just be cautious. Whatever we do about this, we'll be really yeah. cautious because this is um. I hope that because it's such a short term high, it would be like a drug, and it wouldn't be as fulfilling as. Even pursuing a girl in—I mm-hmm. know they've embedded this thing where you, the man has to work for it, but he's bends. really not winning
1: her over. No. Like he knows that's how it's going to work. That's well, a good part. Deep of, yeah. down,
0: hopefully, he still thinks because that's the—that's still what does entice—at least yeah. me. Yeah. Rather than going and getting a robot or just looking at VR porn, yes, it's tougher trying to mm. go on dates with real women and yeah. facing rejection and being vulnerable, but. Then the achievement factor when you do uh, hear that maybe she likes you or you sleep with her Mm -hmm. is far greater than any little initial hit of dopamine from porn.
1: Exactly. Risk-reward is such a huge element of human psychology, even outside of sex, that things that we can pay a risk whether or not it be a high risk or a low risk and get a higher reward is always going to be optimal, um, to, to, uh, happiness and Mm. that, that rush and sense of achievement and purpose. And, you know, with the, with the sex spots, like to say that interpersonal human relationships are the absolute key to humans' happiness. So, it, that's when it kind of becomes tricky is how how do those relationships with the robots that talk back to us and know our interests, how does that differ from interpersonal friendships with a human?
0: Absolutely. And, and
1: Interesting to see the long-term impact of that.
0: Yeah, you're, you're completely correct. But if they're developing these robots to such a degree that it emulates a human, mm. that is the very pernicious and, and scary prospect. And but then you also, like I said previously, you then have to ask if they're so realistically human, are they then human? That's a, that's yeah. a philosophical But will question, they get though.
1: anxiety? Will they have uh, like mood disorders or personality disorders? Or are we just going to become – humans are going to become crazy and they'll be like the high-functioning people of the world? Gosh. Anyway, on that note, one, yeah. <laughs> one let's fa- wrap it up there. final thing I want to <laughs> yeah. say
0: is – a big trend they say that's causing men to uh, detach from society and stay at home is video games because they get that same sense of achievement, being a hero, fighting Mm -hmm. against evil and the reward from that, which, Mm -hmm. well, some people would argue men nowadays in society don't have those same reward mechanisms. Yeah. And compared to yesteryear, yes, there's a lot less of that. So... You know, I'm talking about yeah. when men will go to war yeah, and they come exactly. back and be the hero yeah. and there'd be a huge risk there, but mm-hmm. they would go there because they knew the reward would be so great. Yeah. Imagine if they combine a video game with the VR porn. Yeah, teenagers teenage and teenage boys a sex are never leaving their <laughs> room. If, if I know if I was 13 and there was this amazing fantasy video game, I used to love um, the... Third-person shooters. I was never big on the FPSs, but the adventure ones that were in different worlds, mm. and um, especially if they were through space and things. If I was playing that, but I was fully immersed in it in virtual and it's reality, sexual. and then the, and then the re- reward was a realistic alien sex, but dystopian. I would not leave my room <laughs> on a UFO. Oh, I would literally not leave my room. So, or yeah. then if you get really, this could then get into very um ethical concerns here, but say the there's a teenage boy and he has a crush on this girl at school and then the technology is so good that he can put a photo yeah. of that girl and then she's there in the game.
1: Yeah, that's, that's another concern I forgot yeah. to bring up. That is exactly right. They're trying to do that with celebrities, even down to the pack where they're trying to be able to, in VR, recreate their scent, like their actual smell, so that you can feel them, see them, and smell them, but without their consent. So...
0: Right, but if it's the mm. well, then there's a whole other can yeah. worms there, but if it's not the actual human then if it's not the actual celebrity in question are they being ab- are they, is it yeah, is that non-consensual is it, is yeah, it abuse have to,
1: yeah ethical
0: Surely there'd be something because you're using the celebrity's likeness and their image mm. for the, for profit so unless the celebrity gets a share yeah that would be illegal there's only right. one
1: case about this at the moment. It's not a celebrity, but a woman is trying to sue a um, a sex robot company that has made also makes child sex robots, saying that they modeled a child sex robot off her child, like a little Japanese kid that is a model, and it looks virtually the same as her. And they've turned her into a sex robot, and I was like, "Fair enough, I would be fighting that too." Yeah, yeah, if knowing using who that's going likeness to, and image without yeah.
0: their – um, especially a child for for a profit i'm mm-hmm. just talking just business terms here that there's a yes. whole ethical side to it yeah. that is you can't do that <sighs> all right <laughs> well uh was very there was um more mentally exhausting than anything because it's just <laughs> such controversial yeah. <laughs> subjects but um you know let us know go in the comments and and let us know your thoughts um subscribe and follow I didn't say please. Yeah, no, I just noticed that. There was well, pause because uh, I was about to say it. Just do it. Um we'll we'll we will see you next week. Thanks see you guys.
1: Next week.